Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Welcome back, everyone. It's Josh, your host here, Fusion Fantasy Football, and we are going to continue today talking about free agents, upcoming free agents. Yes, I realize the Super Bowl is coming up. We'll talk about that too, but I did want to wrap up this series. We already talked about the quarterbacks and wide receivers, and I want to talk about the running backs and then tight ends, both in today's episode. But first, if you haven't heard, I have an ebook out for you to read. It's called Reasons to Draft Zero Running Back. Now, apparently some people thought that this might be serious, which, of course, that was kind of the point. It wouldn't be funny if it didn't seem plausible. However, uh, all I have successfully done is ensure a couple things. First off, that um, my, my timeline is now basically cleaning itself of zero running back proponents. So that's a good thing. Yep. And uh, two, if I ever do decide to actually, I don't know, write something that's actually productive and interesting and informative uh, that absolutely no one will give me the time of day now because they don't want to get fooled again. So that's okay. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. Super Bowl, guys. Look, I don't know if you heard, but there could be some rain over the Super Bowl. And if you're thinking, well, who cares? The Super Bowl's in a dome. I'm like, I don't know. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? Because Tampa Bay, no, it's not a dome. So I could see Tom Brady and the Bucks being really interesting if this is a pouring rain Super Bowl. That would be very, very interesting. And I would think it's got to increase the chances for Brady to win. Now, I know Mahomes and the Chiefs play in some bad weather as well. And on the flip side, maybe the other Bucks are not used to that. But for Brady, I feel like he would be maybe at a slight advantage. I don't know. Interesting thought. Okay, back to free agency. I divided the running backs up into tiers, just like the other ones. Um, our tier one, really, I mean, it's I have three running backs in here, but one is clearly head and shoulders above the others. It's Aaron Jones. He is unrestricted, coming out of the Packers, age 27. And his current um, average, you know, yearly contract either i'd have to double check whether this was his projected market value or his past year's value i think this is his projected market value of 14 million per year average per year 
And so uh, that kind of slims down the possible suitors. And I'm going to list them here. They're all the ones with more caps. So this is going to be the same group for pretty much any of these players. Um, and there's even going to be more teams. But at 14 million per year, the Jags, the Colts, the Jets, Patriots, Washington, Bengals, Dolphins, Browns, Chargers, Ravens, and Broncos would all technically have the money to sign him now of course that doesn't account for other signings and it doesn't account for other cuts it's just what we're looking at right now on the books so things can change players can free up room player uh, teams can quickly get run out of room right but right now those are the teams we're looking at and i think of the ones that i listed the jets are a pretty good option. They don't have a solid number one running back, so they'd either have to spend some draft capital on it. However, if you recall, I'm kind of thinking it's possible Watson could go to the Jets. If he does, they're not going to have a lot of those picks, so they're going to have to sign somebody. So that's how I'm coming up with Aaron Jones to the Jets. Um, or he just resigns with the Packers. Very possible as well. I would go ahead, look, either he's going to go to a team where he is getting paid to be the starter, or he's going to return to the Packers where we know how good he is and what he can do. So it's a win-win. So if anyone out there is fading Aaron Jones, I would go ahead and buy him. Now, that said, he is a 27-year-old running back. So it's not like you have to pay two firsts, but you're probably going to have to pay a first. All right, you are going to have to pay up, and he still can give you points. Just be wary and be prepared to sell him again, either mid-season if, if things aren't going your way, or as soon as you can next offseason. Right? You want to be getting out of these guys as they get up into 28-29. The other two in the first tier, maybe I should have made a completely different tier, but Kenyon Drake and Chris Carson. These are guys who were undisputed starters on their team. That makes them ones for me and also still young. They're all 27 or going to be 27 for 2021 season. Kenyon Drake and Chris Carson, uh, they're both about 8 to $7 million per year. So quite a bit less than Aaron Jones, 14. And honestly, if you're asking me, I'd go ahead and pay Kenyon Drake or Chris Carson before Aaron Jones. I mean, let's think about what Melvin Gordon was getting denied a couple years ago. I think they offered him 10. He wanted to, like 11 or 12 with the Chargers. They offered him 10. So Aaron Jones to be getting 14, I don't actually think he's going to get that. Uh, but think now of Kenyon Drake, Chris Carson getting 7 and 8. That seems to fit. Um, that does make sense. I think Kenyon Drake free signs with the Cardinals. No one else has shown nearly the amount of confidence in him and the faith in him going out and trading for him originally, right? So I think he's someone you hold. If you sell him now, people are going to 
pretend that they're uncertain and that that hurts his value, right? So you've got to wait to sell him if you have him. If you were trying to buy, go ahead. You know, the flip side of that stands that if you can buy him now with uncertainty, go ahead and do it. I would not pay more than a late first. There's just too many good rookies, and Drake is getting older. He's 27, but he still did not show himself to be a truly explosive uh, starting running back. He had some good games, a lot of good volume, but left a lot to be desired in actual fantasy points. Chris Carson, he's been very good when he plays. He seems to be getting beat up a lot. I don't know. I'm not going to say he's injury prone or anything, but it does seem like he's had a rough couple of years. Maybe that means he's poised for a nice, big, long season where he gives us all the points we could want, like he did a few years back when he kind of broke out, right? Uh, I could see Chris Carson going to the Jets if Aaron Jones doesn't. I could see him going to the Bills, um, although they aren't. They would have to make room for him, but it's just an intriguing kind of landing spot for him that many people have brought up. But then again, you could see Chris Carson. I mean, he could jump ship and go to the 49ers. I mean, that would hurt as a Seahawks uh, veteran, right? Same thing for the Cardinals as a replacement to Drake. Uh, although I think the Cardinals, I, I should have touched on this when I was talking about Drake. I think the Cardinals do have in-house replacements ready to go. We hardly saw anything from Eno Benjamin, so go ahead and get him thrown in on your trades as an extra. Because if Chase Edmonds doesn't do it, if Kenyon Drake doesn't get signed, Eno Benjamin, look, we've seen this before where we think of running back bust. Look, running back's first year is not nearly as indicative of their talent as wide receiver's first year. So the Nikhil Harrys, right? The Jalen Ragers, Henry Ruggs, these guys with questionable first year rookie seasons. Um, we want to give the benefit of the doubt, but history says they would have done it. They would have shown something more in year one. And you can say, yeah, but they were injured, but that seems to somehow not matter that much. Now for running backs on the flip side, many times we see running backs uh, not getting opportunity first year maybe even second year, but then they get the opportunity. Look at Miami this past season. I liked Miles Gaskin to win that job over Kalen Balazs and the others two years ago. Didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. I thought that that was a bad, a bad call almost to the level of Kalen Balazs. Fast forward another year, and he's the starter and playing really well. So for one year, he did very, I can't even say nothing because he did do some things, but it wasn't great, okay? Edo Benjamin didn't even do that much, but I could see him coming out and at least being a backup. So he's going to be worth something, get him tossed in. Chris Carson, though, wherever he goes, he is going to demand. So if he goes to the Niners, that's going to be bad news for Mostert and Wilson. I don't see them signing an aged quarterback though uh, running back i think they'll end up drafting some guys late 
as the Niners would. Other possible locations for Chris Carson besides the Jets and the Seahawks. There's not a lot. Most of these other teams seem to have established uh, players. The only ones that do seem questionable are, like I said, the Jets and possibly, possibly the Patriots. Now, I think they found something they like in Damian Harris, but maybe not. So I could see that. There's not a lot of other options there that I think fit Carson. So it's Seahawks or Jets for me. Moving on. Philip Lindsay is the first of our tier twos. These are guys who have started or have been in committees that uh, are still interesting. He's a restricted free agent with the Broncos, so I think he resigns. Melvin is a 2022 unrestricted free agent, so I could see the 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 Broncos locking up Lindsay for a two three year deal here. Um, and I'm okay with buying him then as well. I know he had a rough season with some injury. But he is an elusive player. He's a good running back. He's not a great receiving back. People make the mistake of assuming that. He's really not. But he is a good on-the-ground runner and just all-around runner. So I wouldn't be afraid of buying that. Um, Leonard Fournette is the other guy. Surprisingly, he's younger than anyone we've talked about so far. Only 26 this year. He's going to cost that same, you know, $8 million kind of range. I think he is either going to re-sign to the Buccaneers, which I don't actually think is going to happen, but or I think he's going to be on the 49ers. He would be a great uh, option. And again, that's going to hurt Mostert, but I think Mostert's kind of done. Uh, Wilson they like, and then, of course, they've got Jermichael Hasty and McKinnon. They're moving on from McKinnon. So Fournette could be an interesting option there. Todd Gurley, um, he is unrestricted $5 million. He really tailed off at the end of this season. He was scoring tons of touchdowns, kind of what I thought he would early. Uh, in, well, not even early, for half a season plus. But he's kind of tailed off here at the end of the season, been very disappointing. So a lot of people might be focusing on that. Um. I wouldn't. I mean, you could buy him with a late second. Another tier two guy is James Conner. I'm selling him, been selling him for whatever you can. Just saying I don't have a lot of confidence in his career going forward. James White, 29-year-old, unrestricted free agent. I think that he still has a market. He probably stays with the Patriots. I think there's a lot of teams out there who have an established quarterback um, a little bit more ready to go. I do think that Tampa Bay is a clear and obvious choice as a possibility, especially, you know, Brady's going to be there at least one more year, it looks like. That would be very interesting, especially with the running back situation. Let James White be a receiving back. Let Ronald Jones not. And the last of our Tier 2 guys came up a couple times, Jeff Wilson. But he is a restricted free agent, so I don't think there's much to worry about. And that's why I talked about him earlier as if he was still on the team, because I think it's just a, it's just a formality at this point. Tier 3, we have some very interesting guys here. Uh, people we had ho hopes for 
and left us a little bit uncertain, such as Matt Breida went to Miami, traded to Miami, and Gaskin holds on to the job over him. I think he's going to have a rough time landing a good job this season. He's not going to come in with any kind of volume guarantees. And so that's one to watch. I would not be, that's not some kind of sneaky move I'd be trying to make to acquire Matt Reader right now. It's really not. If sell him if you have him and would it, why, why are you buying him? Uh, I don't think you can have any confidence in him where he goes as, as if he's going to take over the job wherever he goes. I don't think that's the case anymore. Very similar from Brian Hill, next tier three guy. Yes, he's unrestricted, but I, I think he signs back with the Falcons. Malcolm Brown is next. I think he would also be likely to re-sign and just let them keep that little three running back committee by which, of course, I mean Cam Akers dominating. I, I don't think Malcolm Brown's going to see the volume he saw the last season or parts of the previous season ever again. But he's an unrestricted free agent with the Rams. I just don't see anyone else paying up for him. But he's established. He knows he's a solid back. He really is there with the Rams, um, just destined to be a backup. Jerick McKinnon with the Niners, that contract's out and done, so he can sign anywhere. But if Brita and James White aren't big targets, I don't see how Jerick McKinnon is. To finish out this Tier 3, we do have Adrian Peterson, Gus Edwards, Kalen Bellage, Wayne Goldman, Boston Scott, Daryl Williams, Tevin. Oh, that's it, Daryl Williams. That's the last of the Tier 3s. As you can see, we're getting to the guys that you've recognized. Maybe you've started even on, on your fantasy teams a few times, like Gus Edwards. Okay, uh, Kalen Village in had some decent games with the Chargers. Gus Edwards is another one who's always had very high efficiency, but that does seem to just be a trademark of Baltimore's offenses. But all these guys are players who have had weeks that you could start them for fantasy, but they're backups. I think I actually kind of like Daryl Williams. I've brought him up several times in the past when everyone was talking about this or that running back coming to the Chiefs. I've been like, well, they already have Darrell, and he's he's fine for just a replaceable running back. He does well. I mean, he actually runs and pushes forward and does a pretty good job but everyone's all excited about Clyde Edwards Hilaire and nope turns out Daryl Williams does just fine doesn't catch the balls maybe as much as you thought you'd want your running back catching the ball but you hardly use Clyde Edwards Hilaire that way either so I don't really see what Daryl Williams can't do I don't get it. He's a restricted free agent, so I think he stays with the Chiefs, and it's kind of bad news for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, this Tier 4 are guys that you, you will recognize their name, but they haven't had a much uh, relevance lately. So first off, let's list a few. Tevin Coleman hasn't done much when he was even healthy. Carlos Hyde, it's the same thing. His time is just about up. 
Rex Burkhead, Dion Lois, Frank Gore. Uh, let's see, we've got Devontae Booker, Ty Montgomery, Dwayne Washington, Le'Veon Bell, DeAndre Hop uh, DeAndre Washington, sorry, Josh Adams, Deontay Foreman, and Jamal Williams, and Dare Agunbowale. So I started up a conversation with the uh, with the person with Deontay Foreman. He's an interesting guy. He's actually one of the cheapest uh, and youngest running backs out there. He's restricted free agent. And I say that because I think he obviously now signs with Titans. He's probably the number one backup for Henry. He should be owned and being traded for in more locations from what I can tell. And lastly, Jamal Williams, uh, he is an unrestricted free agent. If the Packers just let him go, that's probably going to tell you a little bit about Aaron Jones remaining. If they re-sign him, it doesn't mean they also won't sign Aaron Jones, but it does hurt the chances and shows that they're clearly willing to go forward with someone else. And lastly, Dare Gunvalwale, um, exclusive rights free agent, so I don't think he's going anywhere. The Tier 5 guys start to get a little ugly. you got players who are probably on their way out the league, like Mike Davis. Uh, I think we had Amir Abdullah in here, Samaje Pirine, and uh, LaShawn McCoy. Right, These are the kind of guys we are talking about up there. As far as the running backs that would be affected by these players moving or moving to their city, uh, I, I mentioned a few here and there as we go, but I'm going to dig into that more when I get into the running back landing uh, spot matrix where I kind of look at the value and, and look at really what each team is missing and what they need and so on and what they might be trying to, uh, what hole they might be trying to fill either through free agency or the draft. That's really made for the rookies in the drafts, but it also helps me uh, sometimes teams decide to use free agency to uh, fill what I'm seeing. So we're going to move over to the tight ends quickly here and talk about them. Those only one tier one tight end that I can see here, and it's Hunter Henry. Uh, he has not been amazing the last couple years. Of course, he had injury his season, uh, his, his career really has always been riddled with injury, but not a super impressive season, especially considering how good Justin Herbert was. So this is going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I could see him go, look, everyone's going to the Jets. Uh, no, I could see him actually going to the Jets or the Washington footballs. Uh, those would be teams that need tight ends. Look, I know they've got Chris Herndon in New York. It's not working. I know they had Logan Thomas look all right last year in Washington. I'm not sure he's really real deal. But there's not a lot of landing places for Hunter Henry to go and be the number one tight end. So that's why I'm looking at you, Jets, and Washington. Tier 2 is just a couple players, Rob Gronkowski and Jonu Smith. Uh, a difference of six years, of course, between them. So Gronk is pretty much going to stay with the Bucks or retire again. 
is my projection. I don't see him going and playing anywhere else. Uh, if he can't play with Brady again, he's not going to play. Johnu Smith is a very interesting one here. Almost tempted to put him up in tier one. He has, I, I hate to say he has the talent because the question right now is, is he actually good at football? I know he's athletic. I know he's a beast out there. But is he good at football? It seems like they had to scheme him open. They had to plan big plays for him. He's not out there just getting open and making plays and getting first downs like Mark Andrews, right? In the game they played against each other even, it was pretty obvious that Mark Andrews is going down the field. He's on the sideline. He's getting that last second pass and getting the holding on to it while he's getting hit and taking the first down. Meanwhile, Johnny Smith can barely get open on his own, apparently. Tannehill has been a very good quarterback, so I see no reason to doubt that it somehow is the quarterback's fault that he can't get it to him. He seems to get to him just fine when there's a play drawn up for him to get him open in the middle to deep range. But then he comes back for the ball and can't complete it, fumbles it or, or just kind of drops it away. Through right through his fingers. So I have some frustrations with Johnny Smith, but I would love to see him go somewhere and try to make up for those issues with raw volume. So again, the same places we talked about before, Washington, the Jets, uh, maybe the Bengals. Actually, I could see that for Hunter Henry as well. I don't know. I guess they have the money for it. So we'll see if they're just willing to spend that money on a tight end or, or they have bigger, more pressing needs, I believe, uh, elsewhere on the team. So what am I doing if I have any of these players? I'm going to circle back now and talk about that. Look, Hunter Henry, you, you got to hold him until he signs somewhere and he's going to go somewhere. So just hold until the hype hits. Now, if you're looking to acquire him, go ahead, go after it. As far as Rob Gronkowski goes, he can't do much. Sell him if you can. Otherwise, you're along for the ride and hoping to get some points in 2021. Johnny Smith, I would be willing to buy him for a, let's say, late second in a tight end premium. I'm not paying up for him at all. He has to show something now. We put our faith in him last season. He had one good game off the bat and then terrible after that. That actually really hurts when you have a guy you keep putting in because you think something's going to happen and it just doesn't it really hurts however we've already talked about what a beast he is so i'd love to see him let's i'd love to see him somewhere like go to the chargers right kind of replace hunter henry uh and then of course the usual suspects that we already brought up robert tunyon starts off tier three now he's a guy who kind of came out of nowhere uh, a little bit. I did hear some people chirping about him before the season started saying, no, it's not Jay Sternberger. It's Robert Tanyan. Uh, he is a restricted rights free agent. So probably sticking around and that's probably for the best anyway. Gerald Everett tier two, uh, tier three, I should say. And I think I did this before. Yeah, I think I did this before I knew about the Rams trade. Doesn't really change much for me. He's unrestricted free agent. I think he's gone. 
as far as if you have him, you you get what he can for him. Now, if you have Tunyon, you're waiting until he signs to sell. But go ahead and buy him now. If a team is is happy with the production they got with him in the playoffs, but they're not really, maybe they were still sleeping, they're not really aware of what happened while they were asleep, and they're starting to have doubts. Well, you should have all of these. Okay? And the last guy in the Tier 3 is Trey Burton. He actually did pretty well with the Colts when he was healthy. I just don't know what the situation is going to be in Indianapolis with the quarterback and so on. So it's hard to say he's going to be getting nearly the attention he was as uh, with Philip Rivers. This is, you know, dump and get what you can for him kind of guy. Heading off Tier 4, we've got Moali Cox, Jacob Hollister, Richard Rogers, Jordan Reed, and so on. These are the guys, and I do kind of like a couple of these, Moali Cox and Jacob Hollister. Uh, Cox is a restricted free agent, so if he's sticking around, you can say goodbye to Burton for sure. And so we have a situation where he's poised to step up into the lead tight end position. As well as, look, yeah, it's not going to be Philip Rivers throwing two tight ends that he loves, but it could be a new quarterback, and it could be, we don't know what those wide receivers are going to be like. A lot of question marks. Hilton obviously was declining, pulled it together. I'm not sure how much of that was just finally utilizing him properly with Rivers. But you've got guys like Paris Campbell, hopefully coming back next season. If they cannot land a top wide receiver in Indianapolis, then whatever quarterback they bring in, or maybe just keep with Eason's, not going to have as many uh, good targets and weapons as uh, they've had in past years. I mean, Parker's getting old. He has he didn't look great last year, but he did he did put up some points. Uh, meanwhile, Preston Williams will be back from IR. But that said, Mocox could still come out as a top three kind of priority target on that offense. And that's what we're going for for cheap tight ends. You want a guy who can be step up and fill a role and be the second or third target in a passing game. So you're looking for weak uh, roster, you know, depth, and you're looking for a clear path within the tight end room. Cox didn't really have any uh, clear path within the tight end room, of course, lately. But he did get to see T. Well Hilton slowing down firsthand. If they don't bring in a number one wide receiver, again, that is a good thing for Mo Alley Cox. That's as deep as I'm going to go into the tight ends. Uh, there's obviously... Lots more, but so many of them are not going to be really relevant in any possible way. So I hope you enjoyed it. We tried to keep these ones. Yeah, we're right on time, but we hit up both running backs and tight ends. Next week, like I said, I'm going to be getting more into, well, we'll see what next week. If I have a guest, I'll, I'll, if we can get that scheduled out, we'll do that. But otherwise, with the next couple of few weeks, I'll be looking at landing spots and then we can better examine how that's going to change 
things for these players. Uh, and then, of course, we'll have actual free agency and things really happening and we'll have to react. So just, again, I encourage you to check out the quarterback episode, wide receiver episode, uh, a lot more relevant players in both of those than there are, were in running backs or for sure tight ends, right? So be sure to check that out and get yourself thinking about how you're going to evaluate or or just evaluate these players in trades before it's time to make the trade. Think about it now. Think about what you want to do with them, what you think is going to happen around them on their team that's going to either increase or decrease their value. Should you sell it now or should you hold on until that value bump for whatever reason? So go ahead and think about those things. I encourage you uh, on your own and just have yourself ready for another offseason in Dynasty. Thanks for listening again. I'm Josh. Find me on Twitter at FusionFFB, FusionFFB.com, FusionFFB at gmail.com, and my personal is generally underscore aware. That's where you can find the amazing reasons to go, uh, what is it called? Uh, Reasons to draft zero RB. Yes, ebook, free, free. Go look it up. You'll really enjoy it if you want a good laugh. All right, guys, see you next time. Uh, Let's go. Look, I predicted it would be Tampa Bay and Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and I predicted that the Chiefs were going to win. I do still think they're going to win, but I'm telling you, if we get bad weather, I'm reserving the right to switch that over to Brady and the Patriots because that's just more fun. I said Brady and the Patriots. I just did it again. I was doing so well. Brady and the Bucks. Uh, I just think, look, even if it's just for the story, it's just great to see Brady go out on top. I know there's a lot of Brady haters out there, but it's just interesting. Just for the sake of the story, I'm going to root for that, even if in my head I do know I think the Chiefs win. That's prediction. Uh, Let's go points. Uh, Let's say 37 to 34 the Chiefs fail to tie it up with a field goal. Maybe it misses, gets blocked. I don't know. That's my prediction. Or maybe uh, it should be 37-33 and they need a touchdown. Now, I'll, I'll stick with a 34 because if they needed a touchdown, they probably would have got it with Mahomes. And instead of kicking that field goal, they should have just gone for the touchdown. Right? That's right. Okay, guys. See you next week.